And I always come back to the joy of the page. Hi, friends. I want to welcome you to Writing in the Dark, a series of cozy conversations about the craft of writing and the joys of living a creative life with me, Julia F. Green, and my friend, Ralph Walker. Ralph is a novelist, screenwriter, architect, and community organizer of the 5AM Writers Club on Twitter. I write novels and essays and teach creative writing to the community in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and online. Today, we're excited to share the first part of a three-part conversation about our writing journeys and how Ralph and I came to be the writers and teachers that we are today. So top off your beverage of choice, grab a comfy seat, and settle in for a great conversation. Hi, Julia. Hey, Ralph. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? As always, thrilled to talk to you because our conversations are always so interesting. We've been talking together and working together off and on now for two years. Yeah. We haven't ever really sat down and talked about kind of how we got here. We have not. I know for me, it's been a long, strange journey. I have a suspicion for you, it's been a bit of a long, strange journey, too. It has, and I can't think of a creative person in my life who doesn't have a journey with some twists and turns and surprises and, oh gosh, how did I get here? Where was I headed? I think there's a lot about our journeys as writers that we don't know about each other, and I'm excited to dive into. Me too. Tell me a little bit about kind of how you got to a place where you thought of yourself as a writer. I just want to start by saying I love that question. How did you get to a place where you thought of yourself as a writer? I love that question because a lot of the people that I work with, especially folks who are saying, I want to write, I'm just getting started, I can't call myself a writer. Right. And it's important to me as an instructor and as a member of the creative community to emphatically say that anyone who has a desire to write and spends time writing, to me, that person is a writer. Totally agree. I am 100% on the same page of if you're putting time into the practice of writing, then you are a writer. Mm -hmm. I was always obsessed with stories. I was a kid with her nose in a book. I read whatever was lying around and I could get my hands on. I haunted our local library, R.L. Stein, V.C. Andrews, just Judy Bloom. I mean, it was just a pleasure to dive into the world of stories. And I didn't really start writing my own stories and writing fiction until I was in college. In a way, this comes back to the shared value that you and I have about creative community, because one of the reasons I started writing creatively and taking creative writing classes is because the people in my life said, you really love stories. Have you ever thought about writing them? Mm -hmm. My initial reaction to that was I could write stories, but I certainly can't make a living doing that. I was in a pretty achievement-oriented setting and like a lot of kids in college and a lot of humans on the planet, I thought, well, I'm going to have to make a living somehow. So what does this mean? Maybe more relevantly, when the people in my life said, have you ever thought about writing stories? I felt that emotion that many of us feel, which is both a desire and a fear of who do I think I am to do that? And could I really do that? I found myself in a creative writing class in college and Da-da, I loved it. It was great. I couldn't get enough of it. I was in a room with, you know, a professor who was giving us stories to read, was taking our stories as seriously as you can take a 20-year-old's stories, which I think really matters. Yeah. After college, I entered that phase that many creatives I know enter at different stages in their life 
what I think of as gross production. Mm -hmm. How many words can I get down and trying out stories and trying out voices and playing with things and emulating writers and just kind of churning it out. What we think of in music is practicing your scales or training for your marathon and running your distance miles, like just writing, writing, writing. That was how I ended up applying to MFA programs because I really wanted more direction and more instruction. And I had a professor in college who, when I asked him about MFA programs, gave me some really valuable advice, which was think of it as a two-year writing grant. If you end up in the right setting and you don't take on a huge amount of debt, which is another conversation for another time, you can have two years relatively unfettered to write and be in a community of writers and be in an educational setting where you learn more. I couldn't think of anything that I want to do more than that. I applied to graduate school the first year I was out of college. I applied to nine schools and I got into none of them, Mm -hmm. which at the time was very difficult. I had, again, many people in the creative community saying, hey, why, why don't you just try again? I did that a few years later. It's one of the important values for me as a writer and as a supporter of other writers is to remind ourselves that the journey is difficult and nothing just falls into place. And that, of course, is but one example. So that's the beginning part of my journey. I like to think about it as there are times where I need to make a living and there's times where I need to make a life. Hmm. And the idea that my writing life is a part of my own process of making my life as opposed to making my living as much as I would like it to be both Mm. is an important part of my own understanding and and definition of what I want to be as a writer and why I do what I do. Because for me personally, it has always been that place where I can explore some of the things that I don't have the opportunity to. So I can fly off to Jupiter or, or spin around the sun in my writing life that I don't get to do in the rest of my life. I also think it's so interesting that your journey on paper, not the paper that you write, but looking from the outside, seems very organized and linear and okay, so I went to college and I had an amazing experience in a creative writing class. And then I decided to go to graduate school and I got an MFA and then, you know, on and on from there. But I know full well, and you even talked about before that, that it is not a linear path and that it is not by any means the, the kind of straight line trajectory. And my path is almost the opposite of that. Mm. I don't have an MFA. I didn't go for creative writing. I have, I have a hundred other things that have taken me in a hundred other directions. And yet we're very much on a parallel journey right now, mm-hmm. which is thrilling. Mm-hmm. In the things that have taken you off your path in the more difficult times, what's kept you focused on creative writing as a direction that you wanted to go? That's a great question. And I want to re-emphasize the point you're making, which is it always looks neat and tidy on a page. I did X and then I did Y and now I'm here. And the reality is much more non-linear than that. Plenty of bumps, plenty of, oh, I ran out of gas. Oh, the engine is overheating. Mm -hmm. And I always come back to the joy of the page. I come back to where I started really as a kid and as a teenager and you know young adult of I really like making things up I really like imagining Mm -hmm. and even though I do do a lot of making things up and imagining as you have I have discussed in previous conversations I 
also really enjoy taking things that are happening in the world around me to the people around me and and to myself of course and having a medium in which i can study them more intently and maybe redirect them in a different way and i i have a deep fascination with the human condition of what it means to be a person and how we move through big challenges and small challenges and what feelings are all about which is a whole another conversation <laughs> fiction gave me space to do all those things that i found fascinating in the times when the world discouraged me in various ways or i felt overwhelmed or too tired to kind of get to the page it was always remembering how much joy i feel mm -hmm. even on the hard stuff that's what always keeps me coming back to the page there's no way for us to know what our writing careers will look like yeah but we have absolute certainty that we will always be writing when you were a kid, were you somebody who kept a diary or a journal or anything like that? When I was in the sixth grade, uh -huh. my sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Benson, <laughs> part of our coursework that year was to start keeping a journal. Mm -hmm. And boy, did I have a good time writing my thoughts down in a Mead composition notebook. Yeah. So much so, that was when I was 12. I'm currently 42. And I have been keeping a journal for 30 years. In this closet that I sit next to are stacks upon stacks upon stacks of bound notebooks in which I detailed just whatever I feel like mm -hmm. about my existence or the world or other people. I have a lot of emotions thinking about just those volumes that are nearby. I don't read them that often, mm -hmm. but to know that they're there and that I created them and labored over them and did them to make sense of the world, I will always do that. They're a time capsule of your life. Absolutely. And when I move into assisted living, God willing, I will be lugging with me these <laughs> boxes and boxes of books that I probably won't even be able to read anymore because my eyesight's gotten so bad, but <laughs> that's a part of who I am. Yeah. Is that something that is true for you? So journaling is an interesting one for me. I have gone through periods of my life where journaling has been a heavy part of my life. And I've gone through periods of my life where I have not journaled at all. Mm. When I was a teenager, I started a, a practice of letter writing mm. that was much more intuitive and almost transformative for me to write with a direction towards someone than it was to just write to write for writing's sake. Mm -hmm. I got into a habit of writing letters first to family, then to romantic partners or wannabe romantic partners, then to friends and confidants, and had gotten myself to a point where I got very, very comfortable finding the kind of dark spots in my life in my letter writing practice and then having that satisfaction of kind of letting those things go, right? Mm -hmm. Almost doing the, the letter in a bottle kind of thing of, yeah. I'm going to send this, I don't need a response, but I need to, I need to put this out there somewhere. That's not necessarily been an intentional habit, but it has been a habit. Mm -hmm. It has been one of those things in my life of sharing what's really going on, sometimes with people who I am 
very close and intimate with and sometimes with people who are far away from me and have some distance to be able to kind of see a little bit of, oh, you, you're still headed. I know it's dark out there, but you're still headed in the right direction. You're OK. Yeah. Um, and needing that a little bit. Journaling for me has been something that has been haphazard and very quickly went from a place of let me talk about my own life into, okay, let me tell a story, mm, right? Yeah. I'm going to tell myself a story and, and I'm going to use this story to explore the thing I'm muddling on. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's really when I transformed from somebody just kind of muddling on the page to a true writer to be upfront about it when I started writing with intention towards writing fiction, which was only 11 years ago, roughly, Mm. it started out as journaling, which turned into a story, which turned into a short story, which turned into chapters, which turned into a novel. Mm -hmm. All of that was exploring some dark things in my life, Mm -hmm. but doing it on the page in a way that I could share with other people without necessarily having to go into, yeah, this is what's really going on. Yeah. So for me, yeah, journaling is, is interesting because I find, I find it as a way into writing. Um, but it, I don't journal for journaling's sake, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. When you were writing stories that became chapters, that became a novel, was there ever a moment early on where you thought I'm going to sit down and write a novel or was it more months into it or years into it going, "Uh Oh, I think I'm writing a novel. (laughs) I don't know if I had the uh Oh moment. (laughs) I definitely had the, this is more than I think it is. Mm -hmm. And had the moment of like, Oh, you have 50 pages in front of you that you've been picking at now for three months what do you think this thing is, yeah. right? And, and I think one of the places where you and I are similar is I grew up in a household that was very goal-oriented mm-hmm. and very directional in that manner. Yeah. And part of my background and my origin story, for lack of a better term, is my father is a writer. Mm. And my father wrote nonfiction or continues to write nonfiction. You know, I would come home from school, do our homework, have a normal afternoon or evening. My father would come home from his day job. We would have dinner as a family. And then after dinner, he would go upstairs to his attic and write for two hours Mm. every night. Wow. That was his habit. And you know, he produced seven or eight books um, during that period of time. I think having that example in my life of writing with intention and having kind of a direction of where that all went, it was comfortable to say, okay, I'm going to take on something as big as a novel Mm -hmm. and work at it. I think the other thing for me personally is, you know, my day job, for lack of a better term, is is I'm an architect. Mm. And the, the process of designing and constructing a building is a long process. It's, it's a process that takes many iterations and takes a lot of thought and foresight and, you know, continuing to go over pieces and parts again and again and again, and takes years, right? Yeah. It takes years to get from the idea of, oh, I have a sketch on a piece of paper to the place where I can walk into a completed building. There's a lot of parallels between taking on a task as big as a novel and taking on a task as big as a building because they really do have some of the same kind of arcs and processes to them from a creative approach. Yeah. 
I think I had a lot of good examples on how to take on these longer journeys and and know that even if I'm going to set it down for a week or a month that I could come back to it and it would still be there and I could still continue to explore it. That was the first of a three-part conversation. We hope you enjoyed listening and that you'll stay tuned for the next two installments. If you enjoyed this chat, let us know. You can find us on Twitter at rw underscore igloo and at Julia F. Green. There we talk about the writing life and also announce upcoming workshops and classes. We're hosting a live writing retreat this October called Journey to Jupiter, where we'll be helping writers take their books to the next level. Learn more about it at juliafgreen.com slash Jupiter. Grab a virtual donut or muffin on your way out, and please take a moment to celebrate your own creative successes. Until next time, keep writing in the dark. We'll see you there.